Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Blogcast. It's October 12, 2015 and this is episode 492. Hot off the heels of my Iceland 2015 tour, we continue today with part 2 of a four-part series of travelogues to walk you through a total of 40 images selected from my 70 final images from the tour. We pick up the trail on September 25 as we headed into the highlands and on to Landmannalaugar. Let's start today with this image with me included which I shot mainly to send to my friends at Guragir to show their butterfly 18 litre camera backpack in this beautiful location. But as I've mentioned in the past, sometimes I think adding a human figure can increase the impact of a landscape photograph like this, because it gives us a way to imagine ourselves on that rock looking out across the land. This location is on the west side of a lava shelf that we walked across to get to this point, and would go on to circumnavigate as we'll see in the next few images as well. I think there are some places on earth that are just a little bit closer to heaven than others and Landmannalaugar is definitely one of them. We had great weather and with the sun breaking through occasionally just illuminating the valley but also giving us a great sky for many of the images. I shot this photo at f14 for a 60th of a second at ISO 100 with a focal length of 35mm. For the next photo though, I switched to my 11-24mm to lens and shot it at 12mm to accentuate the sky. I'm including this image to make a point, which I've talked about many times before, as I think this is a good example. When we approach a scene, we start to scan the environment and see many things that we find beautiful, but if we reach for a wide-angle lens and try to include all of them, each individual component in the scene becomes quite small in the frame. Although it was still a relatively wide-angle shot at 35mm, note how the previous photo really shows us the mountains on the other side of the valley, and yet in this much wider image, those mountains are just a tiny, almost insignificant part of the distant scene in the bottom centre of the image. I like this shot for what it is. It was more about the sky and the mountains play only a supporting role. But this does show how small the elements that excite us can become if you reach for a wide-angle lens instead of zooming in a little to capture the details that are what we're really excited about. Taken further, I often recommend that people also take out a much longer lens, like a 70-200, and really zoom in on the details. Although the sweeping vista is a lovely photo, you only need to include as much as necessary to show the impact of the location. If you go too wide to include everything that's caught your eye, each one of those elements can fade into insignificance. In this next image, I photographed the cotton grass reflected in a tiny pool at the edge of the valley just below the lava shelf. You might have noticed the stream that runs through the valley in earlier photos, 
and I wanted to point out that this is not that. Running water in a stream really doesn't work well for this kind of image because the texture in the surface gets in the way. It has to be still water and on a relatively windless day for this to work. You can see some distortion in the reflected mountains which is from ripples in the water caused by the breeze that we had. If there was no breeze this would have been a mirror-like reflection but I still quite like it. I shot this at 55mm with my 24-70mm f2.8 L lens but I experimented a fair amount with other focal lengths here trying to get enough depth of field to get both the foreground cotton grass and the distant mountains sharp. Because the depth of field in our photos gets shallower as we zoom in, I found here uh, that at 55mm that was the limit of how close I could go and still get the mountains sharp enough to be able to use the photo. Afterwards I switched to my 100-400mm lens to get in closer because I wanted to stitch multiple images together to get this wide panoramic view but the depth of field was too shallow so I didn't select any of those images. This is a crop from a single frame from my Canon EOS 5DSR. I also shot a few pairs of images where I focused on the cotton grass first and then focused on the distant mountains for a second frame and I might take the time to focus stack them later but I also like the framing of this image that I have so this became my pick. After a fair amount of time on the west side of the lava shelf we walked south to the fumaroles spewing steam and gas from what's left of the volcano and then continued south to a point that I'd not visited before. Most of the group seemed to have enough energy left so my partner for this trip, Tim Fulmer, showed us another location that we'd not visited on previous trips. We walked up into a, the beautiful coloured mountains, similar to those that we saw on the other side of the valley in the first few images. In this first image from this point, I was looking back towards where some of the group still were. If you go to the blog at mbp.ac 492 and click on the image and then that will allow you to view it full size for the web version, you can probably make out a few of the people on the ridge on the right side of the image. From where I was standing for this last image, I turned around and in the other direction could see the following scene. I have to tell you, this photo really doesn't do the location justice, but you can probably make out all of the beautiful colours in the mountains. I was amazed to see blue in there too. One of our participants for this year was a geologist and he explained that these various colours are caused by traces of iron that create different colours based on how long it takes for that layer of earth to cool during its formation or something like that. I shot this at f14 for a 40th of a second at ISO 400. As I mentioned last week, although I was using a tripod, I decided to increase the ISO instead of going for longer shutter speeds because there was a fair bit of breeze coming up off the side of the mountain and it could have caused camera shake as the gusts caught the camera. I proceeded to walk along a second ridge almost right angles to the last camera position 
to get a view straight down the valley with these beautiful coloured mountains as we can see in this image. Again, I'm not happy with this entirely because I didn't capture the full beauty of this place. It was absolutely breathtaking to stand out in this environment, but being there, we were too close, I think, to really show the entire scene with any success. I also switched to my 11-24 at this spot and went even wider, but the mountains just continue to get smaller and it's all lost so those images didn't make my final selection. I think this is a case of needing to distance myself emotionally from the shoot and hopefully, a few months from now, I'll be able to come back to these images with fresh eyes and find a few gems that I can appreciate without the emotional connection that I still have just a few weeks after our visit. As we started back across the lava shelf, I looked back to the area that we'd walked through with the fumaroles spewing out steam and grabbed this last frame from this area that I'll share today in which we can see the mountain showing off its bands of colour. It's my third visit to this place and I've never seen, never been able to see the colours as well as this so I couldn't resist grabbing this shot. I was using my 100-400mm lens and shot this at f16 for a 30th of a second at ISO 400 with a focal length of 100mm. As I say, it was a bit of a grab shot as we walked so I used the settings that I had but I should have decreased the aperture to around f11 and increased my shutter speed to at least a hundredth of a second and changed my ISO to say 640. I've found that although I can handhold the ultra-high resolution Canon EOS 5DSR, it's better not to rely on image stabilization for sharp images at slow shutter speeds. It's better to stick with the rule of thumb to use the focal length as the minimum shutter speed. So at 100mm, I needed a shutter speed of a hundredth of a second or faster. The result is that at a 30th of a second this image is just a tiny bit soft due to camera movement. But at this resolution it's still a viable image or it wouldn't make my final selection. The following morning as we drove out of the highlands to continue on our journey I couldn't resist stopping the bus for the group to jump out and grab this photo of an amazing Icelandic sky. The wind was pushing out strange shapes and swirls in the clouds and although not much to look at in colour, in black and white you can really bring out the detail as we see here. I shot this with my 11-24mm lens at 11mm with an aperture of 5.6 and a 1/50th of a second shutter speed. Because depth of field is much deeper with a wide angle lens, it was fine to open up my aperture to f5.6 rather than taking my ISO down past where it was at 500. In fact, I could have gone wider and still been okay, because at 11mm, with an aperture of f5.6, if I focused at just 75cm, everything from 38cm to infinity is going to be sharp anyway. Heavy rain and high winds pretty much put the mockers on the rest of the day on September 26th, but on September 27th we left the hotel before the sun came up and headed down to the black beach to photograph Reynistranger, 
the basalt sea stacks near the town of Vic. As we see in this image, there is also a cave on the beach, so I used my 11 to 24mm lens at 11mm again to photograph the sea stacks with the entire mouth of the cave included in the shot. In the original photo, you'd think there's no detail being captured inside the cave, but you can easily bring out some of the texture in the rocks with the shadows and black slider in Lightroom, or in this case with Silver Effects Pro as I converted it to black and white. Again though, the wider you go, the more insignificant the important elements of the scene get, and the sea stacks are also distorted by the wide angle. So this is more a photo of the mouth of the cave with the scene rather than the scene itself. On the time we left the beach to go back to the hotel, the sun was getting quite high in the sky, causing beautiful rains to shine down through the cloud. So I shot this last image before heading back to the bus. This was shot at f14 for 400th of a second at ISO 100 at 61 millimeters. I've continued to be torn between this and the black and white version of this photo because it's kind of hard for me to throw out the warm colour of the sunlight in this image. I'm keeping both in my final selection for now. Okay, so that's our 10 photos for today. We'll pick up the trail next week after breakfast on September 27 as we make a stop in the town of Vic before heading on to Yokul Salon, the glacial lagoon at, that we'll look at for the rest of part 3 of this photo travelogue. We now have just one place left on our 2016 Iceland full circle tour, so if you're interested please visit the pet tour page at mbp.ac slash Iceland 2016. Before we finish though, I also wanted to mention that I've teamed up with Tim Fulmer again for another tour in 2016 to Greenland that promises to be pretty amazing. We'll be visiting the eastern side of Greenland with fjords and beautiful scenery with glaciers and huge icebergs which we'll explore from boats and helicopters and we'll be on land shooting both the incredible scenery and a number of cultural experiences as we photograph the local people making kayaks and performing an Inuit drum dance. For details and to book your place, visit mbp.ac slash Greenland 2016. Thanks very much for listening today. If you enjoy this podcast, please share a link with your friends. And if you don't already, please subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast program to ensure uninterrupted delivery. You can find me on Google+, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbailey.com, so do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with another episode, but in the meantime, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye.